when we went to to get the uh, the foods and stuff, I saw this hat and I had to get it. I want to warn the people who are watching the live stream that you're going to be uh, amazed at what happens when I do this. Hey, it's a flashlight hat. And it also obscures my face. Yes, on video. If ever I wanted to be a secret guy. I have a, <laughs> with the most, with the brightest head in the room. This is the thing, is that the key to true invisibility is not hiding in the shadows, but just being brighter than everything else so that people can't look at you. I have a flashlight hat. Uh, it's a ball cap. It's not a stocking cap like that. But the lights are hidden underneath the brim, so it looks like a normal hat. But there's a little button on the side, and you... And you can, uh, I might actually, uh, keep it around this weekend because we're supposed to get freezing rain tonight. Yikes. Freezing rain. If you, if you've ever experienced a free, a frozen rainstorm, then, uh, you know that it's, it's death to power lines and tall oh, skinny yes. trees. I have another hat that has speakers built into it. I'm trying to think of whether or not I should combine the two. And just have it be my tech hat. So, uh, since you were shining a bright light into your camera, obscuring your face, Steven's with us, and he says, yeah, I have no idea where I get this hostile vibe from. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, to be fair, it doesn't actually shine directly in your face yet. Our screens are not a window to a new... Or they don't look like a window to a new reality, which they might eventually... That's the thing is that I was thinking about it. I'm like, I was in, I was in Best Buy. Uh, I got a, a monitor for Jen. Oh, she's not up here. <laughs> was that a Christmas gift? <laughs> um, yeah, she doesn't pay attention to what I say. Um, so no, but uh, I was in, I was in Best Buy. I was looking at uh, TVs there, and there was a true black TV, right? And I was like, oh, that's, I mean, that's it, right? Vanta you know, Black. Just, you know, there's no other place where uh, TV technology can go. And then I realized that I was wrong. The next place would be if someone on the TV shines a flashlight out of the TV at you, that it could make a flashlight, like, every yeah. single pixel can be as bright as a flashlight. No, that is not TV technology that I would like in my television. I don't even own, I own a dumb TV, and I don't know if I'll be, if it breaks, if I'll ever be able to find another one. I really am thinking about, I mean, I'm not going to, of course, but I was, I was thinking once again, I, I, I get this idea every once in a while of downgrading my phone to like a Nokia. Yeah, or whatever. we've uh, we talked about that. Maybe one day I will. I don't know. Speaking about which, James Acaster, uh, who who you might remember, uh, are you familiar with him? He's a comedian from Yeah, yeah, Great I know, Britain. I know. Yeah, uh, I know who he is. What city was was he originally from? Do you remember? 
I don't know. I don't know his origin story. He he mentions it every once in a while. That's the only reason I thought you might know. Um, but he has a he has a new audiobook uh, that I recently purchased, which is um, about how he quit using social media. Uh, he beat me to it apparently, um, but there you go. And and so yeah, it's it's nice. It's funny, you know. Yeah, one of those uh, things that. Yeah, go ahead. Steven's on the same wavelength I am. He says the he's already decided his next TV will actually be a computer monitor, not a TV. All the TVs want to do too much. Yeah, uh. agreed. I yeah, you know I, I don't thinking... know if you I don't know if you've seen the TV show Hacks, but uh, there's a plot point in season two where um, Hannah. Einbinder's character gives up her smartphone and, and uses a dumb phone. And then it's just a parade of comic and events that, uh, that highlight how much you need a smartphone in today's society. I mean, for me, it's, it's real simple. Uh, GPS is the, is the number one thing that would uh, be a problem for me. Most of the other stuff, I don't know. I think I can get around these days. It's it's funny how how less you need a phone when you don't do social media and you don't try to maintain that many relationships. <laughs> I would say. Oh, speaking about which, I changed my alignment, Ben. I am Your no alignment. longer lawful neutral. I am now chaotic good. And what because caused I learned, this realignment? Uh, I've been I've been playing uh, Pathfinder. Uh, um, Pathfinder is is a I haven't been playing the tabletop game. Pathfinder is a tabletop game. Um, basically, I think it was four E, but it might have been three point five. One of the D&D uh, things, Wizards of the Coast, a lot of designers for it left and started their own company called Pazio, I think. Something to that effect. Okay. And um, Paizo. Paizo. And... <laughs> Edward, what's up, buddy? You want to come over here? What's happening? Tree's looking better today than it was last week. Oh, yeah. Jennifer uh, put her handiwork... Uh, to it did you not help it's very nice um i put on like one or two ornaments uh she she did the lion's share yeah, Paizo, when, I was a, though, when i was growing up oh, decorating the tree was always like a big family thing it was an event i mean it it technically could be if betty and i weren't um <laughs> ourselves uh interested in other things at the time Right. Oh, uh, I do want to get back to it just really quick, and then and then I'm going to jump forward. So really quick, Paizo, uh, important uh, difference between Paizo and Wizards of the Coast is that there's a union for them. They have they the it's a gaming company that has a union, which is nice. Um, it, they they put out a a video game a t a uh, RPG uh, that is nice. I like it much better than there's a. Neverwinter is a is a D&D series where you're like putting a party together and doing stuff. Uh, uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker is the name of the video game. I've been playing it. And they 
they have choices that depending on which alignment you you pick, um, you know, you make these choices. And uh, the the lawful neutral, which is what, uh, you know, originally um, people have been telling me that I am. <coughs> all of those choices were bad and like mean and, you know, in some ways I can see it, you know, uh, from the from the autistic side of there are laws and the laws should be followed and there are rules and the rules should be followed. and I'm following the rules and all that. Um, but in the end, they end up being like that. Like there's a spoilers for, for Pathfinder Kingmaker. There's a, there are two people who have been, uh, you know, held by slavers and this, this, uh, the woman is now in a relationship with the man and she's complaining to you as the team leader that the, the guy uh, treats her as though she belongs to him, which given their former circumstances is uncomfortable. And the lawful neutral side of things uh, doesn't let you call that out as being bad, that kind of thing. And I'm, and I'm like, I want to, I want to call that as bad. Uh, and I I don't want to I want to be the good person who is not afraid to break the rules if it's for the right reasons. And I realized you can Damn change your alignment. Yes, exactly. You can change your alignment in the game. And I'm like, I'm more complicated than that game is. So I should be able to also change my alignment in real life. That's what's that's what's yeah, happening. easy so, as easy as just saying it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, oh, and then acting on it. Like, stop doing the things that it, you don't have to do the things that you don't want to do is the, is the big thing. This is the, this is the thing. And I think this is the break from the law to the chaos thing. I don't want to go um, to work today. Right. And you don't have to. Right. There will be consequences. There will be consequences. But, but you, but that's the thing, basically. The idea that, that you should not let these strange otherworldly obligations decide what you're going to do. You should make your choices based on, you know, in, in the case of chaotic good, what's the right thing to do? What would be, what would be the, the correct good thing to do? And, you know, it, it makes me feel better. Speaking of making me feel better, uh, this Christmas, I don't know what you're doing, but we are only going to one there, there are multiple family gatherings happening in this area. And there's the way that my brother described, I'm sure that you've heard of this before, the progressive dinner idea. You go to one place and you have food here and then you go to this other place. and all that. We're only going to the last thing, which is presents and soup, apparently. But that's what we're doing. We're just we're just doing oh, that. take the soup. I uh... yeah, exactly. I, I I was going to go down to my parents' house in Yelm tomorrow, uh, Friday, uh. and oh, I forgot uh, you're not having the same weather that we're having necessarily. Well, see, here's the thing: where that was originally the plan, but because it's supposed to rain ice tonight, uh, uh. the roads are going to be crap and uh, honestly quite dangerous tomorrow morning. So we have postponed Christmas until January seventh. And so I am, uh, which was nice because I hadn't done my Christmas shopping yet. So now I have a couple more days, a couple more weeks to uh, procrastinate. 
Um, and I was going to go, when I was done from that, I was going to go to a Christmas party up in Shoreline. Uh, don't know if I'm going to make it to that either, depending on how uh, terrible the roads are by the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I may just, uh, my, my Christmas weekend will probably just me either being at home watching movies or being here at Annex and watching movies. Wow. Well, are, are there people yeah. going to join you if you go to Annex? I don't know. Maybe. No, I, I've, I've put it out to the company. I guess if you're home, here. nobody's going to be joining you just as a <laughs> not a, at home inter sanctum. But I have I have put it out to the company that I'll be at Annex on Christmas Eve watching movies. And so, oh, that's nice. Who knows? I'm going to be here watching movies and that's all I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, not, oh, it's speaking... not one of those things where it's like, oh, I hope people show up. Right, exactly. If they show up, will you be disgruntled to be like, I was going to, or will you be like, oh, well. God damn it. I wanted to watch movies naked. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the movie naked. Uh, these aren't Christmas movies. <laughs> this is the Mike Lee film, Naked. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Have you yeah. seen Naked? By the I way, have not. By Mike Lee? No, I have not. Uh, it's pretty good. So anyway, so that's happening, and that's all I'm doing. Wait, wait, Jennifer is, is talking about naked. What was that, Jennifer? It's a genius film. So she does listen. David Thewlis. <laughs> I like me some um, David Thewlis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's great in it. Um. Oh, so so basically, here's the thing. Um, you said it's going to be raining ice. It reminded me, and I always have to mention this. This will be a fun thing for the. For the Goody Lawrence heads out there who have listened to every single episode and can search the, the episode, uh, how many times have I made this joke? There's a bridge out here that says, watch for ice on bridge, and I think that Ice-T should get in a lawn chair and sit on it <laughs> and flip off the cars as they go by for just one day. If one person gets it, it'll be the best joke ever. Or Vanilla Ice, don't count out all of your ices. Robert Van Winkle could theoretically do it, I suppose. <laughs> but he's, I, I don't know, he's, his, his politics have become questionable. I know nothing about him other than he like, uh, at one yes. point owned a surf shop in Florida. Or a yeah. surfboard shop or something like that. He he got into new metal uh, for a little while. New metal, like N U umlaut metal. <laughs> yes, I don't think you're going to hear what Jennifer's saying, but it's some good funny stuff over here on this side. I cannot hear it. I can't hear. She's it. maybe the uh... making stuff. She made a galette, by the way. I, I think everyone should know this. A uh, galette is the best a man can get. It's a hey, well, sort of. Um. It's like a pie, sort of. It's a precursor to a pie. Uh, it's a raspberry galette, and I've been eating it for breakfast. <laughs> I, eat, I eat raspberry galettes like you for breakfast. <laughs> uh, which I like. Steven uh, so Stephen is... The, he's, he, he, he is here. He's just at the evening where uh, he and I and Brett watched Southland Tales. It was magical. And I don't, oh. I don't recall. I don't recall that evening. I like. Wait, where, where, wait. Who all watched it? Uh, me, Stephen, and Brett. 
because because Jennifer and I watched Southland Tales and we really liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's got the wait. Are, do you remember the the movie at least? You don't remember the the time that you guys are watching it, but did you see the movie? Do you remember watching the movie, Ben? I don't honestly. Um, I'm wondering if uh, that's a false memory and it? I wasn't there. The Rock, the Rock was in it. Um, Justin Timberlake does a lip sync for all the things that I've done. That's really good. Uh, by the Killers, which all also I will mention. Jennifer and I uh, went to City Museum, and they had a karaoke night, and we crushed it. Then we did so well. I did Super Bon Bon at the end, and that was uh, that was really fun. Hmm. Lots of people really liked it. Where was this? They were doing karaoke uh, at a at, city museum? At city museum, yeah. It was really good. <laughs> and uh, what's what's that? Oh, nothing. He's just He said that we paused the movie halfway through, all got more beer in the lounge, sang various forms of WTF, and then went back for more. Sounds like something we'd do. Um, uh, spoilers, sort of, for Southland Tales, but of course, that's that's where the quote "I'm a pimp and pimps don't commit suicide" is from. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to rewatch that movie. I'm 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 not. Of course, it doesn't surprise me. I have very poor retention for movies and TV shows that I've seen. Really? That is that is yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. They just uh, I absorb them in the moment and then I forget about them. You know, so here's the thing. I've been, I've been really, uh, there's a, there's a third guy. His name is, is John. I think it was John Fisher. Um, who, who I was also sort of, oh, I guess Troy too. So I've been in a couple of different comedy duo relationships in my life. Uh, you are by far number one with a bullet, uh, but Andy and I, Andy, Andy uh, Weaver, uh, friend of the show, uh, were kind of we were writing partners uh, when we were in uh, the nonprofits, and that was one of the things that that we were both discussing about when the internet came out. We lost some of our social cachet because our ability to remember movie quotes <laughs> and actors and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, no longer meant anything because anybody could look it up. That's actually one of the reasons why I can't get rid of my smart my smartphone is because I need to constantly pause whatever I'm watching and look up actors. There was a time when people could just ask us, and I don't know. I mean, you know, Socrates one time said that when people were writing things down, they wouldn't remember stuff anymore, and it's kind of true. Now that I can look stuff up. That section of my brain, uh, it still works, but it it yeah. doesn't work as well as it used to. Uh, but people used to use us as resources. We would get calls on the phone from people saying, <laughs> hey, we're arguing about who this actor is. Um, I think it's Steve Buscemi, and he thinks that it's, you know, whoever. Which, which person is it? And it's like, it's Steven Toblowski. That's not... You know, at, that is how wrong people were were being at certain times. There, at some point in my hometown newspaper, the Olymp uh, the Daily Olympian, uh, commonly referred to as the Daily Zero, 
uh, by people who uh, live in Olympia, which <laughs> tells you all you need to know about how they, what they think about independent journalism. Uh, there was an there was an article that was basically it was a it was a it was a question and answer article like people would write in like uh, like a dear Abby kind of thing but it was about actors and and uh, movies and it was essentially people and this is like IMDb was very much a thing and so somebody would do exactly what you just said they would write into this say you know dear so and so. My wife and I are arguing about who this movie star was in this movie. I think it's this guy. She says it's that guy. Can you set us straight? And then, yeah, whoever answered these letters, whoever wrote this article, basically just, like, copied and pasted stuff from uh, imdb.com. Yeah, the, I mean, there, oh. were, there were times when we would have to consult uh, Leonard Moulton's guide to movies. That was, <laughs> that was our big, yeah. but not often, not often. Um, but it was uh, the Leonard Maltin's guide to movies thing was another thing that you would just read for fun. Reading reference on books the toilet is, is not something that people do as much anymore Yeah, as well. Oh, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, we didn't talk about it last, last week I had meant to, but I, but it, this actually, um, folds into the whole chaotic good thing and all that, um, lost causes, the I, I wanted to talk just a little bit about how lost causes are great and something that people should try to do if they can. And just Explain. because something can't just because something can't be done now doesn't mean it can't be done in the future. And so not trying because you know you can't do it. This is a this is a problem that I had when I was a kid. Uh, I was, I, we would, we've talked about this before again. Hey, search the podcasts and find it. Well, you know, um, when you do 356 of these things, you're bound to repeat yourself every once in a while. I used to race. Yeah. And how many times have we done that? How many times have we said <laughs> we have so many, po- probably a lot. We you have probably so put together podcasts. an entire <laughs> podcast. That's just a supercut of us saying that. Yep. So I used to race uh, in track. They they had us do track every once in a while. Um, one thing I didn't mention last time, uh, I was doing the high jump. I wanted to do the high jump, and uh, they wouldn't let me because I insisted on jumping forwards. I, I refused to learn the back jump way yeah. of doing things. And they're like, you can't do it that way. I was like, but I'm clearing a, 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 a large, you know, I was jumping pretty high. But it's not and, how it's done. But it wasn't how it was done, and they even said it might be illegal to do it that way. I don't know if it if it was, but well, you're not gonna no, you're not gonna get arrested. It's just there are rules for I you yeah. Know, high I, I think about what could athletics. have been, but you know, we all ran races, uh, and when we when I was sprinting against people, I would be able to tell in my head when they were gonna win. And I wouldn't be able to catch up with them. And so I'd just stop running. <laughs> and I would make all of my teachers and teammates and everything mad. I mean, you would see us going neck and neck and neck. And all of a sudden, I'd stop and turn and just walk off the track. And Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so, and for the longest time, I was like, well, why waste my energy for, for something like that? And eventually, I realized, I think I've, I've talked about this part before as well, that Anything could happen. Maybe they trip and fall, 
you know, right before they get to the finish line. Maybe uh, their mom, uh, you know, yells at them to stop because their dad has cancer or so. I don't know. I, that what, went to a dark it, place. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt bad. Um, whatever it is, right, you can still keep running. And the and the idea that I've I've just recently come up with, and this goes. Uh, did, did I talk about the Maestro uh, data set the last time we talked about any? Did you machine learning stuff? Maestro. Um, okay, so <coughs> like I have you terrible knew... retention for movies and TV shows. Yeah. So I also have poor retention for what we talk about on this show. Hey, <laughs> so do I. Can you tell? Every episode's um, the first time. So, so I talked a little bit about how I, I've switched now as far as um, image-based uh, machine learning uh, stuff. I don't do it now uh, yeah. because Betty had a, an issue with it. And uh, my, my kid uh, thought that it was morally questionable. And I agreed. And the way that I, I don't think I mentioned this part of it, the fact that, the fact that, that uh, my kid doesn't like it. That was enough. That was enough. I didn't need any other reasons. But the thing that that I I talked about already. There's a thing in the law review where it's where it's like composition isn't isn't what most things are doing, and but composition is what the what the art stuff is doing. Did I talk about it all? The Maestro data set, which is a set of performance data for piano that was being recorded, I might have, that was being recorded by the people, um, like, so So basically there's a piano competition, person sits down, plays a piece, that is recorded by MIDI, and then is played for a judge over MIDI as well, so that they can judge the contest and, um, you know, uh, give them points or whatever. Google took... 10 years of that performance data put it into uh, a data training set and this allows music programs to capture real world like how loud people play and and the dynamics and the and those little the little um inconsistencies that make us human that make human players uh, sound dynamic and interesting rather than a straight MIDI file of the sheet music, right? Yeah. So they have all that data and now people are using it and the the point that I was making, a lot of people didn't get it when I said this because a lot of people are on the AI is just stealing from artists because you can make something that looks like their their thing. Yeah. Right? And And we talked about this, about how that's a lot of people who aren't artists saying that and they're concerned about it and all that. And we love, we love people who are concerned about artists. Don't we? I mean, they can be real jerks sometimes, uh, depending on how, how forceful they are with their arguments and how like high minded and grandstanding they become. Um, but in the end, yay, your heart's in the right place. And the point that I made that a lot of people didn't like, but I think is actually true, is that if you're going to pay artists who have their work that's copied into the data set for training the AI for images, you should also pay these people 
who had their performances recorded when you're training the AI to play more like a human. It's the same thing. It's it's human labor, ineffable. There, there's no copyright for it at this time. Maybe there is for actors and performances and stuff like that. But but there's that, that human spark that we're learning to emulate. Um, you can have, again, 200 hours of these performances, right? Millions of images. Too many to adequately compensate and even recognize the contributors. There are too many of them. Too many of them lost cause. There's no way you can't have the data set without, if, if you can't have the data set without doing those things, without compensating them and, and recognizing them, then you can't have the data set, right? And so that's why we don't do it. It's too hard. Um, it's, it's too costly. There's no way to do it. And I was thinking to myself, there's no way to do it now. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. And it doesn't mean that people can't try. And this is what I mean about lost causes. Even if there's no way to do it, the idea that you should do it is something that people can talk about, even try to put in and celebrate. Like the one of the things I thought about is that you know you can't like like for example the data set that they use to train stable diffusion, mid journey, all that, the LAION data set is basically made up of URLs for images and keywords for those images. And that's it, right? There's nothing about who took the original picture or who drew the original thing or who uploaded the thing. You know, none of that information is there. And so the only way that you could do it is to, you know, have a massive effort of people to do that. And in the, in, if you can't use it in the time that, that it takes to do that, then the whole thing is, is cut off as opposed to, you know, saying like one, I'm not going to do it. Right. But a person could say, Hey, we know that this, this is bad over here, that there are these people who are like, no one consulted us. They used our thing. They feel bad. They don't like it. I think that there are people out there who would like to allow this to happen. Uh, we've written down these terms of service. If you like this, upload your images here. How do you know that it's their image, though? You know, the, all this kind of stuff. It becomes very, very difficult. But the idea is you start with one. You know, like, I could set it up. Again, I don't want to. It's too much work. But I could just draw my stuff and just start uploading it to a site. And every day I upload a picture and eventually I've got 365. And then in 10 years, I have 3,650. And then, you know, if, if I can find a hundred other people to do it, how much is that? 300,000? You get the idea. Like... Eventually, you can't do it now, but eventually it'll take less images to train an AI. You'll have all these images that people say is okay. And eventually, you could have something that people can use. And 
on that day when everybody is okay with it, then you can go forward and do the thing. The concept right now, uh, and and you know this might sound weird, but I don't think that there's enough fringe theater mindset in the people that are doing this stuff. You and I put on our late night show, right? We wrote it with Becky Poole. Me, you, and Becky were in it. Um, we probably got a stipend from the company. The company spent money on doing stuff. Um, like Pamela did stuff. Pamela Miatov, uh, I remember. Um, you know, and and we made this thing happen. None of us were getting paid. None of us cared that we weren't getting paid. It was a thing that we wanted to do, and we did it. Yeah. And the thing that I've noticed when it comes to this kind of stuff is everyone that I ran into by and large was there for two reasons. For me, it was for fun. I wanted to make images. I wanted it to be cool. There were a bunch of people on there. One of the things that turned me off were they wanted to make NFTs. They wanted to make NFTs and they were going (laughs) to use this thing. uh, And they wanted to copyright the images that they made. Oh, that's the whole reason why I brought this up. I forgot. Um, there was a comic book uh, that we talked about on the podcast. So I'm making my own correction. There was a comic book that somebody put out using images from Midjourney, and I stated that they were able to get a copyright for for it because they did the words and they did the panel layout and stuff like that. Turns out the copyright um, office removed the copyright from it because Once they the found images out it was AI. Yep. And, and the thing is, it was they mentioned this that it was in the original proposal. They just didn't really <laughs> fully it. grasp what that meant. Yeah. And so now, uh, and that was on November November eighth that the copyright got taken off of it. Um, and I did not. I know that I talked about it after November eighth, so I hadn't seen that correction. Like many things on the internet, the 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 wrong uh, news story makes it all the way around the world, and the correction gets seen by like ten people. Yeah. So I just wanted Sometimes to make that on purpose. Um, yes. Stevens piped in about the AI. Um, oh yes. Conundrum. There's a fundamental conflict of interest here because it's going to be an AI that determines whether or not a song is similar enough to a human's work for the human to be paid. Yep. AI-generated art is just going to wash all human-generated art out of the culture. MP3s sounded terrible, but they were so convenient they displaced everything else. And then AI is going to be gatekeeping whether AI art is original, and then humans will be accused of copying AI art. Who's laughing now? Exactly. Well, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I quit TikTok, right? I I made a song, and I wanted to upload my song to my TikTok. And they said that I couldn't because my song that I made was in was uh, a copyright violation. And the only thing that I can think, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't sampling well, anybody else's music. They didn't music. tell you on what basis. They didn't say because you know YouTube. No, when, no, when it doesn't tell YouTube, you anything. When the YouTube bot flags a. Um, a uh, uh, a video for a copyright violation. It actually tells you where in the video and what yeah. is getting flagged. It might be it might be that TikTok does it now. At the time that I did it, it 
does not tell you. And if you ask, it, no one gets back to you and says anything. <laughs> and so, you know, eventually people normally do what I do. They just take it down. And they're like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll remove it. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise it's just hanging out there with a violation on it. So, so yeah, but, uh, I mean, that's, I, and I think Steven, uh, you know, has the right of it. We're, we're going to be in a situation, especially, and, and he knows this as well, the, the chat GPT thing, um, it is going to be more effective for customer, for companies, um, to have the AI do the moderation have the AI do the policing, all of that kind of thing, um, and event the the a human looking at something is going to be rarer and rarer. An actual human reading it, and the other thing is, eventually well, it's already pretty rare. Yeah, a human reading it who is qualified to determine whether or not something is good or not is also going to be uh, rarer and rarer, I think. So, um, Stephen wanted me to let you know about his Shazam hack. It was one of his comments that I didn't read, but it's like asking oh. Shazam to identify a song you just wrote to see if it's original. So what you should do is take that song that TikTok thinks is a copyright violation, play it for Shazam, uh, while you still have a smartphone, and see what Shazam thinks. Uh, but there's another. Th he's got another theory. Well, Paul's, the, and Paul's the thing song, is, this is Paul's song wasn't a copy, and AI flagged it as good. So they tell Paul it's a violation. He takes it down, and then they register it. Yeah, I think that that I think that might be partially it. Um, I will say this though, uh, live. Live playing of a song that you've written is hard to Shazam, if that makes sense. Like, like if I were, if it, if it were a, um, if it were a, a, a track with a drum beat and bass and all that kind of stuff, Shazam might be able to pick it out. Well, what did you try to upload to TikTok? It was, uh, I don't know, me playing the ukulele, doing something. I, there was a, there was a, there were like three or four things that got taken down. And that's the other thing is that maybe they have a thing now that says, watch this account because it might try to do stuff. Right. So like, like this was the final, the final straw was me playing my ukulele and singing and it, and it flagged that as a potential copyright violation. Uh, one that I know that it did was, you remember the, um, the thing that I made for uh, um, the the D&D thing that was um, Wider Shade of Pale, but different lyrics. Was this for part of one of the recap videos? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't remember. Uh, I, I realize but... that this is, this is video that you saw, and therefore, as we've already established, this is very, um, very consistent logic inside of the podcast because it was something on video that you watched you may not remember it well also um, i don't know that song so i might not have clocked that it was oh, something people, that people was persons went to gnome town uh that that people persons went to gnome town yeah i didn't know that that was that that oh, was that's why uh, you should have a pale, song yeah. 
We took I don't know that the light fandango like that. So maybe it heard maybe maybe it registered that as being a problem. Because even though it's me doing a cover of a song, maybe cover songs are also a violation. So that's right? what you tried to well, that's well, what this again, whole thing is about? No. That that was the first time that it, that I got flagged for something. Okay. Second time I got flagged for something, uh, again, it was me doing... And in both these cases, it was me in GarageBand playing stuff and looping it, right? Yeah. So... So not not taking songs and like taking out the words. These are these are two established songs that I was doing parodies of, right? The last one was a ukulele song that I did and I was singing myself. Yeah. And that got a vibe because the other that, two I'm like that was a cover. No, that was that was just something that I wrote. Okay. So the first two weren't covers; they were parody songs. With different lyrics, which I could see it picking out. Right, right? but it also like the, the the music is you're playing is similar enough that it's fooling this uh, this bot right, that right. has to it's, check for it's, copyright. So, and in fact, if if we can get into the uh, the specifics, because why not? Who's listening at this point? Uh, that will well, Stephen is that will care. Yeah, I think Stephen will will get this, but. So you know how how you've seen fake books before and all that they have the chords. These are the chords that are in the thing, right? This is a, you play a G chord and then you play a C chord and then you play a and then it has the lyrics. Are you familiar with this? A fake uh, book? Yeah, um, I haven't heard them called a, fake books, but it's like sheet music except it's just the chord names and the words. Okay, um, which is not sheet music. So, no, no. Sheet music has like notes and stuff. Yeah. Um. What but these also are? The, it's, the notes and the chords above the. Right. Above the notes. These are just. These are just a line of text, right? With the chord that you play above the word that you play it on. Yeah. 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 No. I'm, no stabs. No. I'm familiar. No yeah. Like no, I'm familiar with all that. Yeah. Didn't know so, they were called so, fake books. So, so I I have one of those right, and I. And I manually put in the chords. I put in the chords manually, like by because on in GarageBand, you know, you can go into it where you have the staff. And I put in the notes, or I play it on my little piano, right? So for the first two, the chord progressions and things like that were chord progressions for those songs, but they weren't pre-recorded music of those songs it was it was stuff that i was playing yeah, yeah, yeah but it was enough for it to recognize it and put it in so i think what happened this is my guess is that with those two when it when it flagged those as oh these are these are <laughs> like, some oh of the this guy is a problem case we're gonna we're gonna make sure that we double check everything that he does yeah right and so it could be that any music that I put up at that point would have been a violation. And I realized that I was trying to outthink this thing that people had programmed to say, no, this is this is not, you know, in this case, this is not something that I've copied. This is something that I've played myself, right? 
And it's weird because there are other people who are using, and I think it's probably because of the, the rules that TikTok has, however they are, that people can use clips of songs that already exist that were recorded by those artists. Yeah. If they have a deal with them. And so if there's music, this is my guess. If I had been playing the actual song, like the actual music of the actual song from a CD or whatever, it wouldn't have been a violation. The reason it was a violation is because they recognized it as something that was music that didn't, that wasn't listed in their catalog as something that they had cleared. And so that's why it got the violation. Yeah, that's I mean, my I guess. Don't, I don't know. If it's no true. idea how TikTok deals with all of that. I just know that I've seen a lot of TikTok videos that do have that do play copyrighted material, but it's also listed on the video itself what music is playing and by what artist. Yep. No, no exactly. publishing info, but it's like so. Yeah, TikTok has obviously uh, you know inked some sort of deal to let that happen. And now that I'm no longer on. Um, any of the AI art generated stuff. I wanted to to note that there is a thing that people are missing when they're like, "Well, in 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 just like two, in in two years, we'll be having full motion video and stuff like that." The thing that people aren't realizing, but I think there's a way around it, is that generation of sound. Like, imagine if you will. If you could make a, because you've seen you've seen the, the art that people have been made, the people have made, it's looking better and better, right? The art gets better and better. Um, now that's close to a photograph, sometimes it's it's really good. There is not a sound equivalent yet. Like there is not as not, as far as I know, there's not a text to to word sound, which I think would be great. Not music. But sounds. So you just type um, uh, heavy boots walking on gravel and then it plays that. Um, you know what I mean? And like AI Foley, I guess we'd be talking about. Once that shows up, then all of a sudden things are are going to be great. I'd be happy with just that capability in terms of searching for sound clips and not <laughs> creating them. Yeah. Well, and, and this is the thing. I mean, this is why... They're building, you know, OpenAI and Bing have partnered together. Um, it's just going to be right in the search engine. You're going to write the thing, and it's going to find results from the web and also generate results right next to it. But, yeah, there is no real big Foley search. There is no audio search like there is an image search. And I, I'm, of the, I'm of the David Lynch school that I think that audio track, the, uh, the sound of a film is just as important as the video people the people pay attention to the visuals more but a a movie that has really good sound feels so much better and it seems like a a much better experience also and steven and i have been talking about this for years when we started doing video it's that people will pay attention to something that has crap visuals if the sound is good, but they won't pay attention to something that looks awesome, but sounds terrible. Yes. Uh, very true. Very true. Yes. 
Um, He's also got a so, theory about how why about why TikTok flagged your original song. Oh, what what did what did uh, he say? Well, that was the problem that it was original. How are they supposed to know how to rank a video when the music is original? It's an unknown quantity, and they have to spend compute. Oh, yeah, and compute that makes, time. That makes sense. I I feel like here here's the thing. Right now, you have the thing where you have words, and it it generates a an image based on the word. I think it would be really fun and something that could be done with the technology that we have now. We could we could totally do this already. You play it a uh, soundtrack, a musical score, uh, people talking, whatever, and it generates a video based on what it thinks is happening in the audio track. I think that would be fun. That's an interesting test. I mean, how far away do you think we are from fully realized films? Like I know yeah. that you could you, you I know that you can get scripts. You can get images. We're a little ways away from video audio sounds like it might be on the way. So like how far until I can say I want, you know, this type of this genre these actors or these types of actors, this plot. Yeah. So I, I, Years? I mean, Steven, months? Steven shared this thing with me. I don't think months. I, again, I think the audio, the audio <laughs> is the thing that's, that's difficult. Steven sent a thing to me uh, earlier where someone did all the pre-production stuff, right? Yeah. Storyboards and, and scripts and stuff like that. All, all ready with what we have. Yeah. Um, so we've got the images down. We don't have the audio yet. Um, the other thing that that we would need is is the story, and then also the compute power to do all of that. There is there is one thing. Stable Diffusion, um, the latest version, I think, is able to generate thirty images a second, when that number should jump out at you. Uh, as far as that goes, so. Technically, we could theoretically have an AI, because this is what we want eventually, I think, an AI that generates a movie while you're watching it. I mean, if you have it so that it's rendered, right? So it, you have rendering time and it figures stuff out. That's one thing. But if, if you can imagine a movie that changes as you're watching it, based on feedback that it gets, biofeedback that it gets from you. If you're getting bored, yeah. it introduces I mean, a new... That's that's one thing, but I that's... one of the nice things about movies is that I'm no... Like, watching movies that, I've, that, I've, that I'm watching is that I'm not involved, and I am sometimes, like, surprised by turns, and I'm impressed by things, you know? And if I think, I, I think that... Yeah, if I get bored I while watching it. I don't want. I don't know if I want to change to fit my mood. Yeah, now I mean, and this is the thing: is that the fit, the change to fit your mood, all that kind of stuff. That that's commercials talking, right? That's <laughs> that's what we're going for. The, I mean, that's honestly. I can definitely see that technology with commercials. The the real thing that I will I will talk about. It's good that this moral quandary came up because I was spending a bunch of time just generating images. Like the yeah. like the monkey and the cocaine. It was 
Yeah, it was just image after image after image. Like I said, I made in the three months that I was there, I made over I made like thirty six thousand images. Yeah, gener I generated thirty six thousand images. Um, I don't know how that how that works out exactly, but let's see. It should be pretty easy. Uh, it's twelve thousand images a month, right? Uh, is that is that yes, correct? That math twelve thousand images a month, uh, which works out to be. Oh, that that can't be right. Four hundred images a day. Yeah, I guess so. Four hundred images a day, Ben, which is way too many. That's a lot of effort to put into something. Yeah. So, about an image a minute, I guess. If you take waking time and and all that, so here's this is the problem. If we if we do come up with that, the generated movie thing, people will there will be some people who will simply watch the things that they make and make the things that they watch, and. There will be other people who won't want to. I think the TikTok model is a good example. There will be creators, people that make stuff. There will be people who just watch what creators do. And we will have this situation that we have with TikTok. And people are going to hate it. Um, Filmmakers are going to hate it. Artists are going to hate it. Musicians are going to hate it. There are going to be people who generate stuff, who have no actual, like, ability to recreate what they're doing in the live world at all uh so you know a band that can't play instruments um like the monkeys were you know said to do but you know in 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 the end they all became musicians i think a little bit um there's the i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say they had to but they did there's a thing in the you gotta fight for your right to party video where the beastie boys show up and they say we're the band and they show the vinyl record and they're like no you're not going to play this party uh we want really real musicians so then they show up pretending to be musicians there is going to be this new cool thing i think i could be wrong uh where there are kids who are making ai content who are rich and popular and everyone's going to hate them because they're like, I, I can make the same thing. Why are they, I can, I'm using the same stuff. I can type in the same things. Why are they popular? And I'm not, that's going to be, I think a phenomenon that will happen because it's happened with every, it happened with YouTube stars. It happens with TikTok stars happened with vine stars. Vine stars killed vine. Because they wanted uh, more money than people thought they deserved for the things that they were contributing. Money kills everything. Yep. For sure. Once, once there's blood in the water, the sharks come calling. Oh, I also want to note that I've been looking for this book for a really long time, and it's, it's staring me right in my face. Well, now that you have the light on your forehead, um, you can see it now. Uh, but the light's not on, Ben. Anyway, it's the Heirloom Gang. I really uh, recommend it. Um, I have not read all of it, but it's still really good. It's about this guy who... Sort of the first, um, you know, conspiracy theorist 
that fits the mold that we think of. Um, that there's this giant machine called the heirloom that was in a basement somewhere that controlled people's thoughts. A-I-R loom. Yeah, A-I-R loom. That's right. Which is pretty cool. Weaves thoughts out of thin air. Hey. That's right. Sort of, yes. Um, And apparently the French were behind it. (laughs) Or what have you. Uh, Sorry, Edward. The generated movie will never end. It will be endlessly generated. The plot will fork. It will be unimaginable. Baroque factions will form over the different branches. Yep. What if we are all part of an AI-generated movie, and every decision we make creates a new fork, much like a new, let's call it a universe, so there are multiple of these universes... Well, Ben, I, I think I've mentioned this to you before on this podcast, but if not, I came up with a hypothesis a little while ago that, you know, the idea of the branching universe and the multiverse and everything like that, um, where in some other reality, there's a, there's a place where I decided to become a physicist rather than uh, follow comedy, you know, that sort of thing. I've decided that it's possible that this... Um, that these multiple worlds are actually layered over on top of each other, and they're actually this world. And Neil deGrasse Tyson is the me from a universe where I was born to Neil deGrasse Tyson's parents and decided to become a physicist and also got my own TV show. And so every single person that's alive right now is the branch of the universe where we are the person that is alive right now. That if you go into, and I think this goes this goes back to, I think Stephen was uh, the one who quoted this, and he can get the numbers for me. But if you're one in a million, there are blank numbers of you in China. The concept that <laughs> yeah. if if you get too far away from, from the Paul Goody that I am, right, and become, oh, this is the Paul that did this, and this is the Paul that did this, eventually you will hit so many different Pauls Uh, and so many different iterations of Paul that those Pauls become more like people that are living right now on Earth along with me than they are to me that I am right now. And that basically the world that we live in is a space-saving device where we're, we're getting the multiverse for the price of one universe by just... Um, running all of the multiverse simultaneously overlaid onto its, itself in one physical uh, manifestation. And Neil deGrasse Tyson slash Paul Goody is the linchpin that holds it all together. Hey, man, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but... Uh, so if you're one in a million, there's still a thousand of you in China. Ah, uh, there we go. Thank you, Stephen. And hey, speaking <laughs> of thank you, Stephen, thank you, Stephen, for being with us on this entire journey uh, because we now hey, look at are the time. at the end of the program. Um, now, we, I believe you and I are going to meet again next Thursday, right? It's going to be the 29th? Yeah, that sounds about right because there's nothing, uh, nothing doing on the 29th. Okay, so I will talk to you then, Ben. Until then, between now and that time... <laughs> I would ask you to please keep it wrong. All right. Keep it wrong, Paul. Talk to you next.